0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Be Bullish podcast. I'm Alex Ely, CIO of the U.S. Growth Equity Group here at Macquarie Asset Management. Thank you for listening in. Okay, well, let's get right off to it. Hot take this week is that a new bull market has already begun in my eyes. I think it's, it's starting already. Uh, yes, I know there could be bumps in the road, and I know that the, that there's still lots of issues that are out there, but I think that the outlook has a real opportunity to improve from here. Now the first question I can hear from skeptics um, over the sound waves here is: Didn't the markets make a new low last week? Aren't we in a, a bear market? Uh, we are, and yes, the the markets, uh, the S and P and the Dow, um, the larger cap indices made new lows last week. But conversely, smaller cap companies and growth oriented companies did not. In fact, with where we are right now, the smaller small cap growth indices are up about. from the lows that they made back in June. So while there is broader weakness that we saw uh, into the end of the third quarter, uh, underneath it, there are companies that are doing better and holding up better than the overall market. And yes, those are the ones that we focus on. So where does this come from? Why why would I think that the markets will start to act better? Well, it, it comes from my conclusion that in four months, the Fed will stop raising rates and inflation will be falling precipitously. Okay. So how do I know this? Um, First off, the Fed, this is already where guidance is. This is already where the Fed is has told us they're headed. Um, we've seen Fed, several Fed governors come out and talk about another 100 to 150 basis points of uh, rate increases, um, which would take about three meetings to to accomplish. Um, so we're already at this point where in four months, the Fed will, be, will stop raising rates. The second part is inflation. Why would I think inflation would, would improve? How do I know that inflation will be falling? Well, first off, it already is in many areas. When it comes to goods, goods are deflating, not inflating at the moment. Commodity costs in general are down about an average of 21%. We're seeing major uh, decreases in the price of lumber and sugar and steel and and a variety of other inputs that, that are, are going down. And another part of this is the supply chain is improving. Yeah, this is something that we, we worried about coming out of the pandemic, but I did not think that it would last this long. We're now two years into these major supply chain issues. In essence, it's very clunky when you shut down a big industry to reopen it, to restart it. The logistics are really tough. Um, one one quick example would be um, I, I saw that outside of the LA ports, there were 118 ships waiting to dock to unload earlier in the year that number is now down to about 21 so there are a lot less ships that are that are waiting the logistics have improved it's just a symbol that the supply chain is improving our team uh works together covering literally hundreds of companies and In sector after sector, we're showing an increased confidence that the supply chain will improve significantly as we get into 2023. And what does this mean? I'll give you a quick example. Um, The auto supply chain um, has been an example of one that's been very difficult. Used car prices are up 60. That's 60% over the last two years. They'll improve it. They want to sell you cars. We should start to see used car prices coming down. Uh, We already have. um, That will improve, improve the inflation numbers. Another area, housing, a big area of the inflation markets. Um, Mortgage rates have doubled, more than doubled this year, from 3% at the beginning of the year to 6.75% today, so much higher than they were just a year ago. And it has a real effect. If you were buying a house with 20% down and paying $2,500 a month, at the beginning of the year, you'd be able to afford a house around $750,000. Now with increased mortgage rates, if you put 20% down and could pay $2,500 a month, you can only buy a house that costs $480,000. So a huge increase in the price uh, in in terms of the financing costs of a house. That doesn't mean the price of a house goes up. It means the prices will come down because the financing costs have gone so up so much. Now, it takes a little time, but that will will happen. We are starting to happen. I, I check uh, real estate feeds and see more and more houses being listed really every day, every week. Um, so we we believe houses will be flattening and then actually deflating as we get into next year. And then the final two parts that are the most sticky are wages and rents. These are both lagging indicators, but we have seen signs of peaking. As an example, just this week, one of the things that the Fed concentrates on is the number of job listings that there are in the United States. That number had gotten up to 11 million job offerings that are out there today. Just this week, that number went from 11 million in the back in august to the end of september now being at at 10 million so we are starting to see businesses come pull back we are starting to see a peak and how tight the labor market will get that will eventually be good uh, for wage inflation and wages not going up because the labor market isn't as, as tight as it is. And then rents, rents lag housing values, So they'll be coming down or flattening out as we get to next year as well. So lots of things that are gonna be going negative, lots of things that are gonna be flattening off. That leads us to a huge improvement in inflation um, as it comes down into 2023 and into, this, into the first half of the year. Uh, next part is sentiment. Um, bullish sentiment is now down to 25%. This is lower than it was in June. It's the lowest than it's been since 08, 09. Um, This is really uh, unusual to have this low a a level of sentiment. And the reason that it's there is the business news has just been relentlessly negative, relentlessly held hostage by what the Fed is doing and what the Fed says and what's going to happen and, and all the negativity that they use in order to sell you commercials. I've never heard from so many Fed governors in my life. They come out almost every other day talking tough about inflation and what's going to happen there. And that's gotten a lot of people to come negative. But that's all in the rearview mirror. We just went through our third negative quarter in a row for equities. I went back and checked, that has only happened once in the last 22 years um, uh, or greater than three times in the last 22 years. And that was in 0809. And as I'll get into in a minute, this is a completely different environment than that. So um, I do think that people are properly negative now, which is a good contrarian setup uh, for equities going forward. Uh, now, why isn't it like 0809? It's because of the strong foundation that we have banks after 08 and 09 were relentlessly uh, stress tested and regulated in order to not over lever themselves because of the conditions that we ran into in 08 and 09. And they did just that. They were very uh, they were a lot less likely to lend they hold a lot more cash on hand and as a result the banking system if anything is underlevered here not overlevered so I think the banking system is a, in a good spot that's a big part of the foundation and then the second part is consumers consumers weren't able to borrow as much during the 2010s because banks weren't willing to lend to them easily and as a result consumer cash is now higher than consumer debt for the first time in 40 years. Home debt financing levels are, which is the cost to finance the the house that you have, i.e. your mortgage, um, are at the lowest levels that they've been in 35 years. So the consumer, along with our banking system, is on solid ground. This is really important in terms of the market being able to move up and having a foundation underneath. And so what's going to drive it? What would make the market go up? Well, we focus all of our time on disruptions and trends and investments over the long run. And we look for investments because trading is just too tough. You have to be right on the way in, right on the way out, again and again and again, very difficult to do. What we try to do is find the most robust trends within the economy, invest in the leaders of those trends, and do just that, invest. Don't time them. Don't try and pull in and out and over and over in them. So what are some of the examples? How can I be so confident that this growth will continue on these? One would be electric vehicles. I just had a podcast about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Electric vehicle uh, penetration levels in the U.S. are 5%. It's it's expected to go up to nearly 50% by the end of the decade. That's only seven years away. So uh, this is a huge market undergoing foundational change that will offer investment opportunities for people that want to get involved and a clear area where we are seeing great market share strength within our industry. How do I know this will continue? Well, California and New York have already passed laws saying that 100% of all new cars purchased have to be electric by 2035. So two huge markets, of course, in the United States already moving in that direction. What other trends are like this? High quality foods. We continue to see great strength in organic foods and all natural goods. Teenagers today spend more money on food than they do on clothing. That's a big sign for us when it comes to consumer trends. We always want to know what young people are doing. Mobile banking, digital currency, there's no recession here. Digital currency transactions continue to increase at a dramatic ramp. Um, throughout our our economy and around the world. Those are huge opportunities, that's all currency. Software as a service, this is another area of tremendous strength. Why would software as a service be strong? It's because they provide labor light solutions. If you're worried about hiring people, you can use software to create labor light solutions in a variety of different verticals within your business. And if you work for a major corporation, you're seeing it in your email, every week, whether it be uh, your healthcare plan or pensions or training or compliance or security, there's lots of things to look at. Um, streaming media, this is another one. We still have 80 million cable subs in the United States, uh, while the percentage of kids that come out of, of college and get cable is near 0%. So again, a huge business undergoing foundational change. And let me just give you one more in healthcare, diagnostics. My goodness, the technology and diagnostics has improved so tremendously over the last few years. And it's because we're finally mapping your genome because it's affordable enough to do so and understanding the genetic variations you have and the propensity that you have for certain diseases out there. How important is this? there are women getting double mastectomies because they know they have a certain DNA makeup, which makes them likely to get a certain kind of breast cancer, which if it occurs will be unlikely to be able to treat. Um, I'll give you another one in, in colon cancer, number two cancer killer in the United States. If you catch colon colon cancer in phase three, you have a 70% chance of survival. If you catch it in phase four, you only have a 14% chance of survival. So diagnostics and data mean a lot across, and it's really data. Data means money across all of these industries. So lots of exciting things to come there as the network comes of age at this time in history. So I do believe that macro visibility is about to improve. It's been all about macro this year, again, My my theory is that the Fed is done with rate increases in four months and that in four months, inflation will be coming down precipitously. And better visibility means better stock prices. When people can see the future better, when they can look ahead better, that provides more confidence. That means that valuations can expand. That means people will do different things and act in different ways as visibility improves and visibility improves off of a low point, which is where I think we are. Oh, and, and one other one as well, um, the S&P and where we are, people talking about uh, the market being extended or overvalued or what have you, the S&P is only up about 142% from where it was 22 years ago. 22 years ago. So to us, that's not an extended market historically. Again, invest for the long run, look to the long run, and notice the strong trends that are happening in the markets. Recognize that the macro outlook could improve as we go into 2023 and and try to take advantage of what I think is a new bull market that's just beginning to occur in the markets today. That's it. Thank you for listening in. I appreciate you taking the time.
1: This recording is intended for financial professionals and institutional investors only. This is not intended for use with the general public. The views expressed in this podcast represent those of the speaker and are subject to change. Nothing presented should be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security or follow any investment technique or strategy and does not constitute advice, an advertisement, an invitation, a confirmation, an offer or a solicitation to engage in any investment activity or an offer of any banking or financial service. Throughout this presentation, various securities and companies are referenced. Examples given are for illustrative purposes only and were not chosen based on performance. This is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. All examples herein are for illustrative purposes only and there can be no assurance that any particular investment objectives will be realized or any investment strategy seeking to achieve such objective will be successful. Past performance is not a reliable indication of future performance. Before acting on any information, you should consider the appropriateness of it with regard to your particular objectives, financial situation and needs, and seek advice. No representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made as to the accuracy or completeness of the information, opinions, and conclusions presented. In preparing this recording, Reliance has been placed without independent verification on the accuracy and the completeness of all information available from external sources. Macquarie Asset Management is the marketing name for the Asset Management Division of Macquarie Group. Investment products and advisory services are distributed and offered by and referred through affiliates, which include Delaware Distributors LP, a registered broker-dealer and member of the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, and Macquarie Investment Management Business Trust, a Securities and Exchange Commission registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services are provided by a series of Macquarie Investment Management Business Trusts, Other than Macquarie Bank Limited, none of the entities noted in this podcast are authorized deposit-taking institutions for the purposes of the Banking Act of 1959 from the Commonwealth of Australia. The obligations of these entities do not represent deposits or other liabilities of Macquarie Bank Limited. Macquarie Bank Limited does not guarantee or otherwise provide assurance in respect of the obligations of these entities unless noted otherwise.